Welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. Myself, Stuart Court, is joined, as always, by the newest one of the newest dog dads in the universe, Mr. Adam Nathan. How are we, sir? Oh, he's called Pudding, and I'm Pudding, just looking at him on a daily basis. <laughs> what a dog he is. Stational times. Uh, 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 yeah, so this week we're going to talk Seahawks. We missed a couple of games um, through Christmas. The holiday season. Um, that- I'm, I'm, on that though, I'm kind of pleased we did it in a way because we podded after the 49ers game uh, when we, we came back. Yeah, when we came yeah, back. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've obviously since then we've had Houston, LA, and the debacle against the Bears. <laughs> and in a way, I kind of feel if we podcast after each of those games, would have been who was good on offense, who was good on defense, and like. I almost feel we're better off looking at those three games as a self-contained thing because they kind of sum the season up really well in a microcosm of three games, I think. They beat the shite. They got rolled wow. over. <laughs> well, they got rolled over in the end by some quality and against the middling team, they just didn't have a clue what to do or how to get it done. And individual errors let them down again. Yeah. So th- this, this three-game stretch almost feels like yeah, it's quite a good way to to wrap up the kind of important part of the season with this because you've you've seen all three faces of the Seahawks in the last two weeks, and ultimately you're coming out of it thinking pretty shitty. Yep, and also the first part of that was basically described the first 172 episodes of the podcast. Really, that's basically all we've done for, <laughs> for the last uh, five and a half years. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I forgot the Houston game happened. Um, I can't. I think I was at work. Like to be fair, I've only watched one of those three games. I only watched the Rams game uh, last Tuesday night. Um, only watched the highlights from Sunday and watched bits of the Texans game. I tried to actually watch that. And like the main thing I come away from those three games with was that I think I owe um, number twenty Richard Penny an apology because a month ago, or so I was on here. Basically, he's unprofessional for getting injured on the first play of a game. And over the last three weeks, he's been, without knowing and looking too much into how the O-line has done, the best Seahawks offensive player by a distance, Adam. He has the third most rushing yards in the league in December um, on significantly fewer carries than both Sony Michelle and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, the only thing... Does he have, like, the most... 20-yard-plus runs in that. Yeah. The only thing you can criticise him for is that on quite a few big plays on Sunday, he took himself out of the game because he was tired after you know, breaking off a 32, 33-yard run, which is annoying. I guess from a conditioning standpoint, it's weird with NFL players. It's kind of like if they don't start the season healthy, they're knackered for the whole season. Yeah. Um, and you know, we were discussing briefly on social media with... Uh, friend of the show Nick writes you know what you do and I'm at the point now where I feel like I've seen easily enough with 55 million dollars in the bank to give him Carlos Hyde money for sure yeah I mean he's shown more over the last three weeks than probably Carlos Hyde did the year before we gave Carlos Hyde Carlos Hyde money he's shown more than Carlos Hyde Eddie Lacey like any free agent money back they've signed almost put together 
yeah, but also, also, there is. I think, I think it's very what maybe where Nick's coming from on his side of it is this isn't Carl's side and Eddie Lacey we're talking about. This is a first round draft pick. Yeah, but so he ceases to, different... to be that at the end of this season. Yeah, that's true. Well, at, at, at the end of this season, he was a first round round draft pick and yeah. he's now a free agent. So yeah. you've kind of got to separate <laughs> that out in the way that I would have separated out the Jamal Adams, you know, contract from the haul you gave up for him. I think all business decisions right now should be looked at in isolation as opposed to what you know what's historical. Because um, you know, just don't throw good money off the bat or, or vice versa, I would say. Yeah, but it is a very typical thing, a contract year kind of thing to happen, isn't it? Just it happens in pretty much every sport. And if you were going to pick any Seahawk player to do this over the final few weeks of a waning, uh, depressing Seahawk season, it probably would be the bust um, first round draft pick. But yeah, he's looked, he's looked really good. And outside of that, there's not really anyone on a, in a positive light who's caught my attention Adam, over the last three weeks um well, how do you want to do this this show stream i think we famously okay. don't do pre-show meetings no um i mean let, I, I mean do the seahawks do pre, well, pre-game that's a very good that's an interesting point i mean if you look at things stop stop me when there's something you want to talk about and we'll sort of wheel wheel of fortune it in, in a way or, or we'll um what's that shit show in america where they have like 90 pardon is it pardon the interruption when they've got like 60 seconds to talk oh, about a topic. Uh, Will and, Bond then... and um Mr. Burns. Um Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it pardon the... We have Peter uh pardon the interruption, I think. Yeah, that's the one. So you've got Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the defense, Jason Myers. That's, um, that's the bottom of my list. I don't want to talk about kickers. The future of the franchise from a management point of view, the future of the franchise from a quarterbacking point of view. I mean, there's so much we could talk about. That, that the, the, the future, the future moving into the off season of 2022 does seem because it. Uh, Bobby Wagner said that he's like aware, and it is something he thinks about. Like, is he going to be here next year? We saw it last year with KJ Wright, and obviously we all know how that turned out. But it seems that everyone is maybe not willing to talk about it, but is aware of it apart from publicly the people you kind of want to hear from because they're just passing on. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking about that. But Pete, Russ, obviously Schneider doesn't really do much media at all really anymore, but it, it just seems like there's clearly a large elephant in the room and the people who bought the elephant in that room aren't talking about it. Did you read Pete Carroll's, I think, Michael Sean Dugard did the transcript of Pete's answer to a question about uh, the relationship with Jody Allen. Did, did you happen to see that? No. I'm going to try and find it because I found it quite illuminating on a number of levels. Um, and it basically, do you remember how I said a couple of months ago that it seemed like the PCJS has become PCJS? And yeah. like that, that relationship has become slightly fractured. Well, I was reading this comment and it's never seemed more clear than that. Okay, here we go. So the question was, and I'll try and paraphrase it. The question was, can you help us understand what level of involvement she has, obviously Jody, in the day-to-day stuff and what level of involvement she will have in the off season? And Pete said, yeah, she works in advisement and they keep track of what's going on. 
John does most of the communicating on a regular basis with reports, updates, decisions that we're faced with, choices that we have and opportunities to make. She stays on it. Um, blah, 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 blah. She doesn't go to that end of it. She doesn't go to the media. That's not her way of doing it. Um, where are we? She's clear about what she, she's really clear about that. She's not just one to involve with the media. Um, and then as a follow-up question was, what percentage of the big off-season moves might she be involved in? Do you have to run everything by her or just huge, some of the big picture um, roster moves? And, and Pete said, she'll know what's going on, everything. Yeah, that's what John is doing. John is making sure their communication and their ongoing conversation about stuff is to keep her abreast of what's going on. I won't call her up. John will call her up to let her know what's cooking and what's going on. If she's got questions, we connect and we meet and we do all those things. I wish you guys knew her more because you understand blah, 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 why it's so impressive. But it just seemed to me like John Schneider is kind of in a role of intermediary between the two people that can make decisions. And, and Schneider's almost has never been so irrelevant to the franchise. Yeah, no, I didn't read that. So it was the first time hearing it. Um, yeah, no, it because it, 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 everything you hear and read is that it's Pete's show and has been somewhat potentially since twenty since he got off the flight, flight from Southern California. But um, has Schneider yeah. still been doing the pre-game radio stuff? Yeah, because okay. that's where he said that we, they're going to look to get Petty Hart involved, and then he had zero touches. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that's what he does. That's all he needs. All he really does. And I think the first time he'll talk is if like the combine and stuff. I think that's probably, unless obviously all hell breaks loose between January 9th and February 20th or whatever that is. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it just seems to be everyone seems to be like willing and aware of it apart from that. Like, and that kind of supports that, I think, like just kind of back up that. The people you want to obviously not going to come out with the season still on, maybe, but there's questions that aren't being answered, they're just going to keep turning the wheel on the conversation happening. Which is what it also seems with him saying go to the media in that bit seems to suggest that he doesn't want to happen or doesn't like that it happens, which is what obviously mm. quarterback did last off season. Well, I mean, it's strange as well because the Rams, the Rams, well, the Rams game made it so that the Bears, Lions and Cardinals game for the first time in a decade were games that just do not matter at all. No. It's the first games that Wilson's been under centre for in Seattle that have no implications for anything whatsoever. Um, And I I don't even know if I could say that it showed on Sunday because Sunday can be just a continuation of some of the good and all of the bad things they've been doing all year. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I've only watched the highlight video on YouTube, so I'm not very well versed to talk about it. But yeah, it's just, it just, it was non unsurprising when I looked at my phone and um, saw the score alert that they'd lost. And then obviously, the most perfect end of Pete <laughs> Carroll's side of era, wherever happened, waiting for the game to finish. And Jimmy Graham. Um, that one who scored more touchdowns in Seahawks history as a tight end than anyone ever has and probably ever will do. Um, it's funny they didn't get him blocking on that touchdown throw. It's strange, it? it's strange. It's almost, like, remember that time when we went and he got two touchdowns with one hand? Yes. But no, he wasn't much caught, Adam. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So it just, yeah, it just seems like everything kind of, I think you're right. Everything's just kind of been summed up over the last three weeks and. We had a spell in the early part of the season where we did the same. It's felt like we did the same 
40 minutes for four or five consecutive weeks. I think they've just done that for the three weeks. But yeah, it's just, there's just absolutely nothing on these next two weeks apart from like your point to Nick on the Rochelle Penny thing is to see people who could be around or sh- maybe should be around in 2022. And Penny is way ahead of any other running back on the roster bar maybe that practice squad lad. Well, uh, DJ Dallas has run fairly hard in the last yeah, two and games. He, he looks good in special teams as well, which is obviously a weirdly big... But yeah, it's just it's going to be... I, I can't believe there's still two games a season left. And Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is... It's going to be awful. Like, you can't play Penny Hart and Freddie Swain because you're not going to take Tyler and DK off the field if you're going to play Wilson. No, because that is just... That is just yeah, that's, you may as well just try and get a game postponed for COVID, which is what yeah. teams apparently can do. Um, and obviously you've got Dallas and Penny, but then yeah. there's not that many other young guys that you can run out there because the no. draft picks have you, been so... There's been so few picks. Yeah, you you kind of don't want to try out... I mean, I'm amazing if he comes off COVID list anyway and does it, but like the Sages or Curhan and mm-hmm. Forsyth, because that could get the quarterback hurt, which could be bad for a lot of reasons. And well, it's, it'll be bad, you know what I mean? And then mm. really, but the other offensive players you want to see stuff from is Estridge be asked to do more. He's really only been asked to do one, two things is uh, an end around and get hit in the head. <laughs> and then the other one is probably Parkinson because, like, are you really going to resign Joe whatever it? Will Disley? I, yeah, Disley's in a contract year as well, I think, isn't he? Yeah, Disley hasn't really. I mean, it could be obviously he's had a, just to get through the season, it's probably some of the him, but yeah, you need to see things from those kind of people, especially Parkinson, who's two years and I think he's had four targets or catches. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's not that's not that's not good. But I mean, he leads into the Wilson discussion from a quarterback perspective of is it even worth having tall tight ends that catch the ball if the guy's never going to throw the ball in the scene? Uh, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I have to be honest. In the the last two weeks, and it started. It actually starts in the Houston game, where you said you didn't watch that, did you? Have you seen the highlights? No. Or, or I, the I saw it was minute? on Red Zone. I was working, but it's on Red Zone. I mean, there, there might be stats for those to back this up or, or dismiss it, but I've never seen Wilson go deep as many times as he did against Houston. It was just bomb after bomb after bomb, and not many of them connected. And then he kind of continued that against the Rams and a little bit against the Bears. And I don't know, I kind of feel that he's been playing for himself a bit more than he has for the team in the last few weeks. And this is hugely controversial but I'm having my first Wilson wobble. <laughs> this is a, this is a, um, it's very Joss Butler at the minute. <laughs> but Joss Butler wants to be anywhere else in the world apart from catching wide deliveries for Molly Robinson mm-hmm. in Australia. Russell Wilson doesn't look like catching snaps from Ethan Posich. I agree. Ever again. What are we going to do about it? There's only probably one thing they can do about it, but the damage that these three weeks and maybe the next two weeks is doing to that is only going to be 
um, improved upon by desperation by, I mean, we, we put a list together pretty handsomely of what, like 14 teams that probably need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that's probably going to help, but there's probably only one way it could end. It's probably the one way which at that season we thought was the least um, digestible, I guess. What would you do? If you, if you treat them as more robotic and take the human nature out of it, like if we assume that something has to give and they can't run it back. I, don't, I just, just kind of want something to torch it, don't you, really? You just kind of want this very passive. Everything mm-hmm. is everywhere <laughs> in every way. It's passive. You just kind of want someone to want just like, just do something, just say something. Instead of just keeping on the same stick that you have for a decade but when you've been winning but now you're not winning and you're laying absolute donuts on the and egg, uh, turkey eggs on against bad equally played for nothing teams that, I mean, that, that, that is that isn't going to happen though that is not going to happen there there are two people on social media who are just stands for carol to a point that i think it might be a bit um and their kind of view is that run it back the whole way through you know, run back Pete, run back Russ, run back Schneider, change nothing, change nothing, because that's the best way to do it, because the roster trajectory is in is in good good nick. But I do kind part. of I do kind of agree with that a little bit. But the only way that is like Do you think the roster's in good shape? I think at like more positions than maybe not okay. It's in good shape. On a better than this season way, it's on. Mm. It's not on a Super Bowl deep into January. No, it's not. But I think I think the last two draft classes, obviously Trey Brown's injury notwithstanding, it, there's a bit of life. There's a bit of juice in there which there wasn't really in the three or four before that. But that is obviously. But the only thing that could even speed that process up of the Ross is in good shape is using your biggest asset to get more assets. But, but then conversely, sinking you, yourself down to yeah. a level whereby... Unless you strike it, Peyton Manning and Andrew look lucky. Yeah. But even then, they are not need to get a Super Bowl. Mm. And now they've got their idiot quarterback on COVID list this year. Um, but yeah, it's uh, with every almost comment and game and stat line and yeah Insta- live Instagram of um, what was he did on Christmas whatever he did on Christmas Day that annoyed you um, hawking out a Christmas present to his own kid from one of his sponsors that's it that's the one um, it just seems like yeah, this is the last um, 12 days of yeah that's, that's, that's ironic um, being a uh, us watching a SEAL team led by Russell Wilson he just doesn't. I don't think he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. I agree. But yeah. Uh, DK, how, do his, how do you think his Seahawks career will be viewed overall? Oh, he's he's the he's the best. Oh, obviously, if if we if we said it at the floor, is the best Seahawks quarterback of all time. Yeah. Like in, if he lives, if what? Really high floor. Yeah, but he'll have left and played for ten years, but. 
I don't know. Do you reckon he'll be, be revered as like a top 10 Seattle athlete of all time if he left that's, in the end of this I, season? I think that's the point I made with Jackson somewhere about comparing him to Griffey. There will, there, I highly doubt there'll be a clamour. And uh, but when, whenever Griffey, Griffey can just like be shown on screen. Obviously, the Mariners haven't won for like 40 years, but it's, yeah, the, the Griffey thing is, I don't think that's going to happen with Wilson. But I do think it'll happen with, I mean, look, we kind of see it happening with Doug, with Cliff, with Cam, with Marshawn, with maybe when Sherman retires with him. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, no, I think if he kicks they're, they're, the bus up and leaves, I think he'll be below them in the pecking order of how they're viewed personality wise. Yeah. And then to, I think we're, we think we're pretty honest and he already is, I think. Yeah. But if you want, if you want him another Super Bowl in two years' time, then obviously that would elevate him to a level, you know, yeah. unprecedented. Yeah, because yeah, I think yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, DK Metcalf's another name you mentioned on your yeah. Um, what was the game show? Oh, uh, PTI. Um, yeah. Uh, roller decks. Until AJ Brown happened on Saturday. Was that Titans game Thursday against the Niners? Yeah. I'm talking of contract years. I don't think there's ever been two worse contract years for wide receivers than what AJ Brown and DK have put out. Because he, again, looks like someone who doesn't want to be here. Does, doesn't he? He just he doesn't want to be playing with the players. So there's certain players that he is playing with. Because there's two things. There's a throw, I think, Mike Dugar tweeted out for your 22, where. Um, he throws it at DK, but it's incomplete. He just touches it off. And then there's the Dwayne Brown thing when the sack before Myers was the field goal. And it was instantaneous. The disgust that a guy that we've seen on like sound effects and clips throughout his time in Seattle just cuss out the quarterback. The only person who seems to is just Robert Wilson just kind of just shuns it away. But yeah, he just doesn't. Again, there's just a lot of people. Obviously, it's losing, and that is like this. These are people who are like as competitive as anyone in a physical violent sport. But there's just a lot of people who just don't see to want to be here, which is probably an indictment on the other thing, the other side of the what the decision could be made with Pete Carroll because it's the whole thing about Pete Carroll, we're seeing it with Marshawn and Cam. Um, in the media the last couple of days uh, and, and we heard it kind of with, with Doug and Cliff and everyone apart from the people still in the building obviously are Team Pete but apart from some of the players and the important Pete players on this team on a losing wash of a season Yeah I mean we're never going to be like Detroit and the Jets for example but we're in a position now where we kind of have to convince Quandre Diggs to come back and play for Seattle. Mm-hmm. And like three or four years ago, you think, oh, well, we're the Seattle Seahawks. That won't be a problem at all. Uh, we but, might be. He, he might now think, I don't want to be there anymore. But I also think Quandre Diggs would be someone who would want to play for Pete. I don't think he's in that DK. Well, I'm not saying DK doesn't want to play for Pete, but Quandre is the position that Pete, like, it's like his um, avatar, isn't it? That position. And he's yeah. someone who probably would enjoy playing for the same with Bobby and KJ with Ken Norton. 
and Bruce Irvin to a lesser extent, but mm-hmm. but I think he is probably the outlier to everyone's heat. But it's now getting to a point that there's also teams with fifty million dollars in cap space. You've allowed him to have the seasons he's had after not paying him. I, mean, I, was, I don't know what he wanted or what what like the um, the like the the gap was between want and being offered kind of thing. But you've the cap's him, going up by twenty six million next year. It's over two hundred million dollars. You could have signed him and not even felt a pinch. No, and because you know, like, yeah, but and then, yeah. It's, but he, he is the outlier. He is after the quarterback stuff, obviously. He's probably the, the thing you want resolved as soon as possible. You want mm. the power dynamic and then you want Quandre. And then you're probably going to have to pay Dwayne Brown if he wants to come back. But that feels like a July, August decision. Yeah. And I can't even, it's hard to get into his head because he does look just perma pissed. Mm-hmm. with Russell Wilson and he might be the kind of guy that would sign up if Wilson left and wouldn't if he stayed um, yeah. you don't want to put words in people's mouth and it's pure speculation but don't want to go full Greg Bell this, um, but this is this is someone who made it known when he was in Houston that he didn't like the way things were going mm-hmm. the way the owner was talking this is why he's in Seattle mm. he, he seems like someone who is and, and then he, he's, he heard obviously last February his quarterback basically say he was bad at his job. <laughs> like he's not gonna take eleven yard sacks being put on his stat line as to his stat line for that tackles, but he's not gonna take it. And he is as you say, showing that he's not gonna take it. But that clip on Sunday was Yeah. Like, oof. <laughs> yeah. It really wasn't well. Um I mean back back on back on DK. He's at what I think six hundred yards or something for the season, maybe slightly more. Yeah, that sounds right, right. But I mean, like it is unfathomable that his last target would be this, or the last catch would be the first play of the second quarter in any game. It yeah. just doesn't, like in a tight just, game as well. You'd understand it if it was forty-three-six, hmm. and they just ran the line for them. But it was a tight game, wasn't it, for the most part? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a disconnect somewhere, but obviously I don't think we're probably never gonna know because Pete Carroll's on one thing is protect the team, isn't it? And while he's here, they're gonna probably follow that unless if they want to stay here. But like I, I mean said, look, we have superb reporters on the team. Yeah. And it wouldn't stun me if the uh, a few things end up leaking out as and when shit starts hitting the fan. But it, it just feels really kind of feels like a fortnight until you go on holiday and you just want that fortnight to come and go so that you can get to the interesting bit. Because right now it just feels like it's going to go bananas as soon as this season's finished. Yeah. That like, I don't know why, but when Doug stood at his locker and basically said, you don't know the work that Bevel does and all that. And he kind of doubled down it when we spoke to him earlier in the year. I don't think anyone missed that, but the Baldwin's on the part about eight months ago. Um, uh, um, yeah, it kind of feels like that kind of, there's going to be one of them, but a lot more like damning, visceral maybe, because they're just, they're, 
they either don't want to be here or they've had enough of something or someone. Can we assume that Waldron will lose his job? I think so. But that is just, I think the Shane Waldron experience is just window dressing. The whole thing has been window dressing. Nothing has changed. This isn't a Waldron. Waldron could go on on and get, I don't know, Kenny Pickett in Washington next year and have the best offence in the league because that is probably what is going to happen. But I I don't think he'd been here, he's been here long enough for him to be the person who is making DK strut off or Dwayne throw his arms in frustration at giving up a sack. There's people who have been here with the messaging a lot longer than Shane Walter because all we heard all off-season all summer was like, intricate and all this from Tyler Lockett and all the receivers and we haven't really seen it. We've seen anything. Apart from the first game at the Colts, the first yeah. six quarters and like a couple of plays here and there but can you think of another potential Hall of Fame quarterback who would have had three offensive coordinators fired? Like normally, if you lose your offensive coordinators because they've been hired as a head coach somewhere else, this is going to be the third guy that Wilson's seen off. Yeah. Rogers only saw off one. And yeah. Although, yeah. Yep. Although I don't think he saw off shot either. Probably not, but his style of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the interesting thing about Wilson is, I think I mentioned when Michael Sean was on the podcast with us six weeks ago, like, you know, Wilson's now had a season of mediocre play. I'll just ignore you while she just quietly die over there for chewing on something. Um, when, when Michael Sean came on the podcast with us and it's six weeks down the line from that and it's, got worse. Mm-hmm. I think it's 23 games since that Buffalo game now. And he hasn't really had more than three or four good games since. So at what point does it become, that, that's why I talk with, with this Wilson wobble that I've got a little bit. There's part of me that wonders if the style of quarterback that made him great, is that just gone now? From him or in like... The- From him? Yeah, probably. He just... He- there's just there's just some there's just something which has been turned off on in him. I don't think it's athleticism or like physicality or anything like that. It just seems like something has been Well he doesn't want to run. Switched That's off. clear. No. Running <clears throat> is not an option anymore. No, because even like even Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning ran plays in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's been running. Ben Roethlisberger yeah. is still running sometimes. Wilson is not running. I wouldn't call like what I do. He's not running. But Ben Roethlisberger is not running. It's um, putting left foot in front of right in a repeated action to move yourself in a direction, and Wilson's not doing that. <laughs> Apart, uh, unless it's backwards into a unless sack. It's backwards, yeah, yeah. Eleven down, yeah, it's deep. And then the kicker misses the field goal. Um, who else is on your PTI? Probably should write that down. No, I want to hear. If you, I want to hear what you think about Wilson if he's done. Uh, nah. It's. I don't think so. I. I just think something is. The, there is a disconnect somewhere. I just think some something has been turned off, on him or in him. But I guess it is a question if that can ever be returned back on by mm-hmm. a new coach, a new situation, a new city. But which maybe not. But I, there's. He's still going to be one of the better because he can pull out the magic. He just can't. He just hasn't done it. There isn't 
I don't know. I, 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 I think he'll be fine. I don't, yeah, I think, he, yeah, he's going to be fine. I, but I, I do think his ceiling has dropped over that time, which I, okay. I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of, that's not really an answer, but never mind. <laughs> well, let, let's, let's try and put a, let's try and put a bow on this with a little game of keep or get rid. This could take a while. And we'll do Pete Schneider, Pete Schneider, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, Russell Wilson, Stuart Court. Yeah. Keep or get rid individually. Oh. Go on, give me the names. Pete Carroll. Get rid. John Schneider. I mean, obviously it's keep, because just like the words of Sir Wilson, get rid, is just <clears throat> madness. But I don't know. It just... It, I'd say keep, but ask me in like, 12, 13 days, and it might be because imagine, yeah, I won't be able to watch the game on Sunday either. But um, yeah, keep. Uh, it's just the, but I think I could. Add, if you ask me tomorrow, I'd probably give three completely different answers. But there just has to be a seismic change, don't there? Yeah, I think I'm keep unless someone manages to engineer a draft hall of three first-round picks in the upcoming draft. Who <laughs> for? Well, I mean, the Giants have two already. Yeah. Because the thing is, getting three first-round picks... I, 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 I don't want all the draft picks this year. If the Jets can get consecutive years of first-round picks out of this, mm-hmm. for Jamal Adams... Russell Wilson is going to as well, so I, yeah, I don't. I don't want eight and twelve instead of eight and maybe fourteen next year because the Giants, I think Forverts, Charles McDonald's, they have three million dollars of cap space. The Giants, and it's all the draft pick, uh, all the draft picks, but they have nothing to show for it. We've got fifty million cap space and maybe some holes, a lot of holes to fill and all that, but. He's, my, my worry is that if Wilson has a renaissance in the place that he's happy with, that pick could be 22, 23, 24, which just becomes much less valuable. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That kind of changes the teams that you'd be willing to do a deal with. But again, Russell Wilson has uh, control over where he goes, I guess, to a certain extent. Obviously, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I wouldn't do a deal with the Saints under any circumstance. No. Um. Because they're, you know, with that offensive system, those first round draft picks would end up being basically low second round picks, and that's just not that's not worth it. I kind of, if you're going to do it, you need a haul back straight away, and so five and seven in the upcoming draft or whatever. If you've got the Giants or whatever it is, at least that's something you can start. I can't be fucked just to waste a season. Yeah, no, fuck, fuck that. Yeah, I feel like I've wasted this season as it is. Yeah. So if he's going to go, at least give me something to cling on to next year. Because I'm not watching Teddy Bridgewater in prime time. Well, we won't anyway. So that's one good thing. Unless we get... No, we won't. won't we? Well, I guess every team is on, but yeah. But yeah, like they could find someone in the draft for the quarterback, but it... it... Are they allowed to do that? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe there's a 
four foot fullback from Tulsa they could um, <laughs> spend the first round draft pick on. Um, apologies to all four foot uh, fullbacks from Tulsa. Uh, yeah, it just feels it just it just it feels like the dial is kind of moving over to Russell Wilson's side of things for, but there there just has to be a seismic change. I think they're just. Maybe seismic's a bit too heavy of a word, but it, it, yeah, like you said, I can't have another year of this. No. It's like it, I can't believe there's two games left. <laughs> it feels like mid January. I know, <sighs> but oh, I guess it's yeah. Um, because I mean, season the last thing is just the defense in general because it's an amazing discrepancy between their points allowed and basically every other metric that we use to describe. Defense. I mean, they have really mastered the Bemba don't break this year. But then the problem is that you have a game like Chicago and it breaks because eventually, if you keep trying to win games in the fourth quarter, sometimes you lose. Yeah, but um, that's I'm sorry. And, and, and because they're not generating any turnovers at all, I think that's my biggest gripe. And that's where I really struggle with this kind of vaunting of the defense as some you know decent, decent to good unit. They're just not turning the ball over at all. And I kind of feel like the modern NFL is almost more about creating turnovers than anything else on defense. Still, yeah. the extra possession is... And, and the thing is, they're, they're allowing themselves to be on the field for two-thirds of the game. So whilst the offense, yeah, is not great, rhythmically, it's so hard for them to build anything because yeah. they're never on the fucking field. Yeah. Like the only reason the Steelers are in player contention is their defense, really. And Najee Harris, maybe. Mm-hmm. But they beat the Titans when they had 124 yards of offense last week because they get turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. Trevon Diggs and Mika Parsons are probably going to win both Defensive Player of the Year awards because of turnovers. And He has 11 picks. Yeah, but he also does get beat quite a bit as well. Yeah, but how many picks do our whole team have? Um, Fewer than 11, I reckon. Nine? I'd say maybe, maybe that's one. But Quandre has six, five. Is it that many? I don't know. I don't know. But yes, yeah, I get your point. But it's just the people who get noticed. But I do. It is a decent. You, but like the defense might be. I don't know. This like defense has got someone called Bless Austin playing cornerback. <laughs> I mean that is like. I don't know how he played the other day again, but but how there's a lot of circumstance which has gone against um, in the opposite direction of how it's planned to for that to be the case. Even in a COVID season like this, a lot has gone against the plans in mid, late July, early August for Bless Austin to be a starting cornerback in week 17 of the NFL season for the Seahawks. But, and they're still doing all right. Like Bobby Wagner isn't Bobby Wagner of a few years ago, but he's still eventually getting to the ball and tackling players. Jordan Brooks looks really good. Like that might be uh, that, that might be the best first round pick since I mean Okun. Who's our first round pick? Oh, it was Carpenter, wasn't it? He was he like get he was all right in a different city. He was uh, right for the Jets. You uh, forgot Richard Penny. The best first round pick. Okay, the best first round draft pick on his rookie contract. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I know Earl Thomas is in that draft. 
Wait, no, Earl was was Earl after Raccoon? He was, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Earl. But at the start of this thing, the best you took a decade to because he looks really good. Um, yeah. So I do think the defense is all right. I do think I've this is talking plainly from like clips and stuff, but I do kind of think we maybe are seeing why they give up so much for Jamal Adams because there just doesn't seem to there just seems to be some I don't know. I think Jamal I think Jamal Adams injury is probably a bigger deal than some people may have wanted it to be, but it just I, I think the decent defense is fine. I think again Bobby Wagner today has said we're on the field for too much. Mm-hmm. Again, actually talking about the issues and not just oh yeah, no, no, it's not like chemical alley and all that. He's actually coming out and saying it, but maybe that's because he, as he said, maybe he's he thinks that he's not gonna be around to on there to for the I'd be quite I'd be very surprised if he's back next year. Yeah, and me. Yeah. Uh, which is again unbelievable. Wild. I know. Um, crazy. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get like Titans' seventh receiver in return for him or something. Yeah. Like we did for Bennett. Um <clears throat> but yeah no I, th- I think the defense is fine. I I, th- I do think the de- if if you were to put anything on why Pete should be stuck around it's how the defense is kind of Get him through because Ryan Neal, bless Austin, um, Brian Monet, a big, decent sized parts, 37 year old Al Woods, are pretty sizable parts of the defense, and they're doing all right. They're just, as Bobby Wagner says, on the field too much, and you, you, it's unsustainable. It's unsustainable in a game, let alone for <laughs> 17 of them. So yeah, if anything's going to keep Pete's job, it probably is going to be how the defense has got through the season. I think, but I don't think that's enough for me anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's everything, um, isn't it? I think it's yeah. all your bases. Uh, any other NFL stuff caught your eye of the weekend, Adam? Um, to be honest, on Sunday I was just drinking my way through a bottle of Maker's Mark, so. <laughs> The AFC North is always fascinating and never more so than now. Um, very interesting what's going to happen with two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, because Roethlisberger is probably gone. And then do you pay Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson? And what do you pay them? And how much do you pay them versus what they may expect to be paid? So that's, that's going to be a great one to watch. And then Burrow slinging it for 525 yards at the weekend, who's just, just a complete stud. And... Yeah. But he, I, but I, he, I don't make predictions normally, but I reckon Joe Burrow is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm saying it now. And when we're at, what, what, what episode will we be on in 15 years' time? About 600? This makes me so tired. I know, maybe 800 if he has a long career. Yeah. I, I reckon Joe Burrow, first ballot Hall of Famer. Wow. He's got something about him a swagger and a confidence that for me, everyone's great in the NFL, right? Everyone's got talent, but there's that top two inches. And I, I yeah. just think he's got it. And I love, I love watching him play. Yeah. I also think him and um, Jalen Hurts are the two prime examples of what could have been. Because Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia took 
seven weeks of regular mm-hmm. season play to figure out what his team are good at. They and were they, mean in the first month of the season. Yeah, but yeah, like Jalen was running a lot. He was good for fantasy because it held up more of my dynasty teams, but um, they didn't do anything. Hmm. They, were, they were winning games by like 17 12. And, I mean, imagine that. Um, <laughs> but he, he figured out what his team were good at, what his quarterback was good at. And that team looks like a team you do not want to face in the playoffs because they are just running over. Everybody, and again, they're getting to the quarterback and they're getting the ball on defense. Darius Slay, who DK Metcalf annihilated 11 months ago, is just all over the shot, all over the field, making plays. That's and then Zach Taylor has a quarterback who he probably has his deficiencies. There's a reason he wasn't the first round of number one overall pick leading to his last year in LSU. But when you put T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Um, Joe Mixon behind him and you kind of just all all he needs is two and a half seconds because they're going to beat anyone they're going to mm-hmm. either outpace them or just time and nuts I mean T Higgins was so good at Clemson and he's just like that was unbelievable the clips I saw from them to them like on Sunday but it's just examples of coaches who find a situation find themselves in a situation with a quarterback and go, right, what can you do well? And it's something that the Seahawks, with our quarterback, haven't done through whatever means and method. Maybe, as you said, because the quarterback doesn't want to do one of the things he was good at anymore and run the ball. But it's, we haven't seen that for since Marshawn put cleats over a telephone wire. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of annoying when you watch like the Colts. The Colts have a terrible quarterback. And are probably going to go to the playoffs because of a running back. I mean, that is also scary because what the proposition could be for the Seahawks next year. But, but yeah, it's 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 just annoying because it's it clearly can be done. It's just it's so steadfast in certain ways that it's not being done. It hasn't been done for half a decade for the team. This podcast is all about. Um, I mean, Dallas put fifty six up. On Washington, 49 of them in the first uh, 42 minutes of the game. I mean, how the hell does that happen? <laughs> um, and also, I see the sad news yesterday of uh, John Madden, who I don't think I realized, I mean, I'll put a thing on Facebook, I'm doing on Twitter. There is no one like him, is there? No. I mean, I'm not, I'm not much of a game I've played Madden I, I don't, don't think you are I don't think... and I'm not a game but I have played it a few times I've got, I've got a couple of copies but it, it, it's like like someone um, at the COG game to me today because I saw John Madden died I remember that game he's not even an NFL fan like hmm. there's, no, there's nobody really like that in any other sport is there who made an impact as a coach who didn't play the game made it like you've got the highest win percentage of any coach ever then went into the went into the commentary booth and changed that game. I mean, everyone we hear on Thursday, Saturday, Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays is probably doing that job because of him. Mm-hmm. Even like Joe Buck and Troy Aitman are probably only in that position. I think I could do that because he. And then you've got people like us and UK and Germany and Mexico and Canada and kids everywhere like not just now but in the next like the next generation and the generation after that are all going to be 
attaching themselves to the NFL because of M-A-D-D-E-N. It's insane, really, isn't it, to think about. Yeah, the only person that we may even have had close to in the UK and he didn't even have the coaching career or the video game was like, and it's a complete bell piece, but like Andy Gray in his commentary prime mm. was probably the only person that we've had in the UK who's so synonymous with a product. Like Andy Gray was the Premier League yeah. sport like on TV for a time. But Madden was that and a Hall of Fame coach. And I think he played a bit as well. Um, like incredible. Um, unbelievable how much he did for the game. Yeah. And like I say, it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's just, in, it's insane. But also, I think someone put that obviously they've done a, a deep dive documentary on him, and someone put that it's weird because he, he watched it. So he watched his own, mm. heard his own eulogy, which is uh, wild. But, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's just very sad. 85 years old. I think he only. I think his last um, commentary gig was the San Antonio Holmes Pittsburgh Cardinals hmm. um, Super Bowl. So he, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just it's unbelievable. And I don't think it's it's kind of like you don't really realize someone's impact until you read it all in like a chunk when they when they ain't here. Um, anyone for the bin, Adam? Uh, what apart from Anthony Taylor and Martin Atkinson? Um... <laughs> By the way, you should have seen. What our centre half did to Millwall's goalkeeper today, and it was not called up foul. <laughs> it, it didn't work. We yeah, did the ball over, but oh my god! Anyone for the bin for me? Um, Aaron Rodgers just continues to be a complete twat, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, and I think we're at the point now where Pat McAfee should do better, yeah, and take and take him off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's obviously an amazing show that he's done and fair play to McAfee for, you know, securing the bag, as friends of ours would say. But I think we're at the point where it's now irresponsible to have that idiot speaking to that many people on a regular basis. Yeah. But I think what he's going to do is stop asking. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, that is probably equally as bad, but at the same time, but yeah, Rogers. That yesterday is just incredible. You know, he's he's <laughs> he's just dumb. And like, I I, I text you if anyone listening has watched Thirty Rock, Dominique Foxworth had perhaps the most perfect analogy to describe um, Rogers, comparing him to uh, John Hamm's character in the latest series run of <laughs> of uh, Thirty Rock, where he was, he was so handsome, no one's no one had a go at him. Like he was so good looking that he, he was the, he, he could get away with being so dumb. And it's just like people's just not like Jassy isn't are not allowed any player comparisons because Foxworth has just absolutely nailed it. But yeah, he's he's just a dumb person, an entitled dumb person who I mean it, like he's like, just he's been given like you just give an idiot too much air to breathe and they're going to make themselves look an idiot. And that's what, they, that's what McAfee's done. Mm-hmm. Because it was interesting hearing from Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't do, didn't do stuff like that. There's certain people on Twitter and social media who must have hated the stuff that McAfee got from him for 
first year of that stuff because mm. it was stuff that no one else in Green Bay really has gotten from him. And then it came out that he was on the COVID list and unvaccinated and all that, and it's just gone to absolute shit. Um, yeah, I, I like McAfee. I think the, the show is fun. He's unbelievable what he's done since he retired from the NFL. Just, um, just it, it's, it is, yeah, it's proper, proper impressive. But yeah, I think this is the time when also the money he's just signed to get all that money, they're going to be, surely they're going to be putting the pressure on going look you can't nah you'd look get like but then again <laughs> who could he have on because there were a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who are unvaccinated mm. I mean how is Kirk Cousins not missed the game yet mad isn't it but yeah um, uh, I don't think I have anyone for the bin because I didn't really pay as I said make his mark was um, happening on Sunday so I did have someone I think it probably would have been Rogers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's yeah, so um, anything else? No, nothing major. Obviously, everyone at the podcast listeners wants to send their love to you because I know you went through unfortunately a sad passing of uh, grandfather last week. Who, from all the reading of the stuff that you wrote about him, sounds like an absolute legend and a hero. And uh, I love reading about his music, and I saw you got a great little tribute to him on the uh, yeah. on the screen at the old Rico this evening, which was uh, lovely. So, uh yeah, no, obviously it's a really sad time for you and your family. So we want to send you a bit of love for that and hope you're all getting through it. As yeah. Best as um, you can. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a pretty, pretty crappy week. And one reason for um, the makers might be dug in on, on Sunday night with um, a few mates and my mates, one year old uh, donned in a uh, Richard Sherman jersey, which was just <laughs> the coolest thing. And he was disappointed, I think, that I was in. Um, not the same jersey, I think, according to his mum. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been a super week. I do really appreciate that. And everyone who has sent messages, other people listen, like Harry and Dave and everyone else who sent messages over the last couple of weeks, because, yeah, it's been... Everyone goes through it, but it's uh, it's uh, a shitter all the, all the same, in it? So, um, but yeah, uh, if you want to get involved with the pod, all the usual means and methods are currently available. Uh, Podbean, Patreon, Spotify, iTunes and probably a few others wherever you listen we appreciate you listening um it's been quite a fun 2020 when the start of 2021 we realize it's our last part of the year Adam. oh yeah happy new year to everyone yeah it's been it started off right didn't it 2021 lofa <laughs> kj doug baldwin do we have that all on the podcast yeah 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 and kj right oh blimey and love to tupu we did and yeah, the original uk See what's pod ever two who uh Josh and Josh um yeah enjoy the game uh happy merry new year as uh, an icon once said um yeah and until next time this has been the pedestrian podcast fuck Jared Goff you knew I couldn't go through the show without getting that oh, in fuck Jared Goff you little twat we're coming for you.